You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifenz.org. You know, as Christians, we live between two worlds. And I think uh, we are praying out of this series that's going to help us understand what it means to live a Christ-like world here on planet Earth. And uh, I've been in church my whole life, had a relationship with Jesus since I was five. And I've often felt the challenge of living the tension of being in this world, but not of. And today I want to address that thought that we are in, not of. When you go to work this week, I want you to think I'm here, but I'm not of here. I'm literally someone that has been entrusted a commission, a divine order from heaven. Years ago, I was uh, 20, if I remember correctly, and my sister that's just over a year older than me was a flight attendant for Air New Zealand. She came home and she said, uh, Paul, I'm going to go to Holland on my cheap fears and uh, we're going to round the world trip. You could come if you want for 300 bucks. How many know you don't even need to pray about that? It's like, God, you're on this. And so we left New Zealand. Uh, she's 21, I'm 20, and off we headed. She'd been to Holland before and I hadn't. And I was so excited and we got to Skipole Airport. We arrived there, we were tired. We didn't know which way was up. And then we had to find our way to the train station and catch a train to our uncle and auntie's place. And the place we were going to was a place called Barachem up in Friesland. And so uh, we couldn't talk much uh, Dutch and the, the, the guards on the platform couldn't talk much English. So we said, we want to go to Barachem. And they just looked at us weird. We said, Barachem. And then somebody pointed a platform we should go to and catch uh, that train. So we walked over here and over to the platform and we got on the train. We arrived at a station and my sister was looking out of the window and she said, this is it, I think, this is it, this looks familiar. And we got off the train at 10 p.m. at night. After traveling for something like 30 hours, it was minus 18 degrees Celsius. And we began to walk the streets of this place. Obviously, I had never been to. And if you've never been in minus 18, if you've got sand shoes on or runners like I had, within a few minutes, you can't feel your toes. And I'm looking at my sister and she's looking around and looking concerned. And I said, where are we going? She says, I'm not sure if this is the right place. How many know your great close relationship begins to get fatigued even though she got you the ticket for $300? And I go, well, what do you mean you don't know? She says, well, it was a few years ago I came and it doesn't look like where we're meant to be. And I said, well, what are we going to do? She says, well, nobody's up. This is Holland. This is a town. And there was a light in the distance and we walked towards it. And the argument began, well, you better ask somebody. And she was saying, I've done all the planning. You ask someone. We're in this weird nation, speaking a weird language, in a weird temperature, at a weird time of the day. And we go close and the light reveals there's a pub. We didn't know if it was open or not. We go on and, you know, we had this debate. She did go in. Anyway, we finally asked them and they finally worked out what we were saying and we got on the phone because we didn't have mobile phones and it was like uh, we rang our uncle and auntie to, only to discover we're on the other side of Holland. Mm. I've forgiven her. She's forgiven me. But you know, there's this incredible feeling of how does all this work? 
when you're in a country that you don't belong to. And this thought of inside, in but not of is a challenge for every one of us because Jesus prays as he's leaving planet earth and he prays to the Father. And this is what he says in verse, seven, uh, verse 11 of John 17. For I am now no longer here on the world. But these, speaking of the disciples, speaking of you and I, these are in the world. And I come to you, Father. Would you keep them through your name? Those that you have given me, that they may become one as we are one. You know, you could just stop there and go, how really are we like what we're supposed to be? Are we really, come on, across the body of Christ, one like we ought to be? While I was with them, this is what Jesus said, while I was with them in the world, I kept them within your name. And then he goes on in verse 14, he says, I have given to them your word, Father. And this is what has happened. The world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Therefore, sanctify or literally set them apart by your truth. And your word is truth. As you've sent me into the world, I've sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I set apart myself that they may also be set apart by the truth. You know, if you break down this incredibly powerful, challenging scripture, you'll discover there in John 17 that Christianity is not about turning up to a church and singing a song. It's about living a mission. It's about embracing a commission over your life that we are people that should be known as having distinct purpose and having direction and having a sense of, hey, we are human and there's no such thing as perfection and we're not here as better than others, but we're not of this world. And if there was one thing I would pray that we would all take into the workforce this week and into our homes and into our weeks and months and years ahead is this thought that I'm in, but I'm not of. You see, I think if we don't understand that, then we're going to get confused when the temperature is not what we're used to. I think we're going to get confused when the language is changing and yet we aren't really understood or we really understand everything that's going on. I, I think we are going to feel very lonely and disorientated unless we settle this thing that we are between two worlds. We're in it, but we're not of it. And as I've thought about that more and more, I think, wow, that's a challenge because that's what Jesus said. We're in, not of. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. And the challenge of understanding that it's kind of like well how do we live this way if we're in not of if Jesus words are true I think there's a couple of thoughts that I'd like to just give you as I'm giving myself is if I'm going to live not of I'm going to constantly need to redefine my identity it's kind of like so much of what we get plagued with in our humanity is we're still battling with our identity in other words, somebody said something negative to us as a little child and said, you'll never be able to do that. And so we've never seen ourselves as valued enough to be able to do that. The way we speak to ourselves or see ourselves when we look at the mirror for many years 
you may not believe this, but I looked at myself as a less than person because I was constantly comparing myself with other people's giftings. And I had to come to a point that if I'm gonna live my life here on earth effectively in not of, then I've got to redefine it. I am not the way I feel. I'm not the way other people see me. Come on, somebody get excited. I, I literally am how God sees me. And that's what Jesus was saying. You, you, you can't live in and not of unless you let the Word of God define you. If you don't allow God's Word to lift you up, and by the way, can I say it clearly, and I'm unapologetic for this, Satan's mission has always been to destroy design. Come on, let's create everything as blah. No absolutes, no left, no right. And yet God designed you to be who you are. And we've got to say, God, I'm coming back to your mirror. I'm not going to allow the emphasis of the environment. I'm in this world. I'm not here to be a bigot. I'm not here to be judgmental, but I'm in, but I'm not of it. And I keep saying we need the church to begin to rise up, not shooting its mouth off in judgment, but standing up and say, well, we know who we are. We're not perfect, we're in, but not of. Come on, can somebody say amen to that? And the truth is all of us have dark times. I was thinking just this last weekend, you know, you go through a hard season, you go through something you can't explain. You go, God, where are you all in this? And God, where am I in all of this? I don't know what I'm gonna do or where I'm gonna do. In fact, I think all of us can identify with living in the shadows. Wow. That's authority right there. And so here I am, I, I'm looking and all I see is my shadow. It's kind of like all I see is kind of the shape of something, but I can't see the value. I can't really tell the identity because it's just the outline. So many Christians are yet to redefine their identity. Stop trying to be somebody that you wish you were or have what they have, but rather deal with your shadow. If you keep looking from this perspective of just seeing your shadow, you'll always be in doubt. But one change of perspective changes everything. Because now I can't see the shadow, even though the shadow still exists. Come on, I'm looking at who God says I am. I'm, I'm looking at not my past and what I wish I would have never done or I wish never happened to me. I'm looking at the God that says, hey, you can be, begin your life last, but I'll, I'll put you first. <laughs> I'm gonna take your weakness and your brokenness and I'm gonna cause it to become my strength and no other will glory except me. And so I've had to learn constantly to turn away from my shadow and redefine my identity. Say, no, God, it's, it's cool. I can begin again today and I, I can walk with the God that makes everything so different. You see, when we find Christ, when I grew up in church, we would often hear the scripture, which is God's word of 2 Corinthians 5, 17, speak, which says, if anyone be in Christ. By the way, it doesn't say if anyone is a believer in Christ. It says those that walk in and live with the surrounding truth of who Christ is, what happens? They're a new creation. Old things have passed away and behold, everything has become new. It's kind of like you, you can just stand and say, no, you know what? Yeah, I fail and I don't get it all right, but I'm in Him. 
I stand in the wonder of what Jesus has done for me. I no longer am my past. You know, some people say, yeah, but why is it then sometimes I have to deal with my past? Well, the truth is we do need to at times face residual responsibility of the things that have gone on before, but God doesn't hold us to our past. God sees where we are today at South, North, here at Central. He sees the season we're in. He sees us all and yet he goes, you know what? You're living you here now. Oh, hallelujah. And maybe today God's just got you here saying you don't have to live by the echo of somebody else's voice. You don't have to live by what you failed at in your past. You don't even have to live by what other people are saying about your future. Redefine your identity. You can't live your here now well. You can't live in but not of until you begin to realize God's called me. God's purposed me. Not only do we need to redefine our identity, we need to reassign our strength. I've learned over many years of working with people and just my own humanity and in our family situation that actually my strength is not my gift. My strength is not the season of success and the breakthrough. I've often taken time to share with the church that about four years ago, it was just like the Holy Spirit was tapping me on the shoulder and saying, you, you, you for many years in the early days thought you couldn't do it and you just kept saying yes and you would apply yourself and now you can do so much with your gift. Would you just allow me to take that steering wheel? And it's like, well, God, it took so long to get here. Why do you want to do it? It's like, I want you to realize your strength is not in what you've achieved. Your strength is not in your gift. Your strength is not in what people say about you. It's about who I am in you. See, I can't live in, not of, unless I know who I am in God. But secondly, that my strength is not in me. Oh, freak out. The world's changing. What's going to happen? Hey, listen, you've got to realize there's a God that's in you. That if we were allow Him to become the epicenter, then we would reassign our strength from ourselves. You know, religion always self-promotes. Whenever you find somebody that self-promotes, it's like, you, you got it wrong because you haven't got strength. It's His strength in our weakness that causes us to be able to stand. Verse 17, as we read, Jesus said, would you set them apart? How? By your truth. And it's your word that's truth. It's not hearsay. It's, it's not even a worship experience. Hello? Oh man, I need church and I need church and I love church and I get a buzz out of church. You know, some people were saying to me recently, I need to come and when I get worship, it's like I breathe again. That sounds okay, but at the base of our lives, our strength does not come from worship. Our strength comes from the revelation of His Word. And again, if we're not reading the Word, Sunday is not enough on itself to keep us going. The storms are going to overcome and the epicenter is going to keep changing unless His Word is truth. You sent me, said Jesus, to His Father into the world and I've sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I set myself apart that they may be set apart. How? By your truth. Can I just encourage that here at Life, we still believe the Bible. All right, there wasn't many amens in Central, so I'm going up north. We still believe the Bible. Oh, well, it's archaic. It's no, 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 no. We need to align ourselves to God's Word to get strength. 
I used an illustration when I was, I think, mid-twenties and I ran across a road and I was hit by a car and break my, broke my femur recently and uh, it snapped completely in two and from here to here was about half the size because it was a big S-bend. And I was in the hospital, obviously, on morphine and they drugged me up so I could tolerate the pain, but the surgeon had to bring alignment for healing. And the pain of the accident was one thing, it was unexpected. The pain of alignment was far worse because you had to pull the leg and the muscles that had contracted and align the bone. And then with an x-ray, they put a pin through my bone canal so that the leg could heal and reoperate. Hey, some of us, we're in a world that says, well, just, it's not kosher. No, why pay the cost? Whereas you read the word and it says, Christianity costs. Come on, are we aligned to the word? Are we living out what God says? Because then Jesus is the epicenter and come on, a tornado begins to happen that brings health and wholeness to streets and families and generations. And God is looking for us to reassign our strength to be aligned with who he is. You know, people say to me, well, how do you break through bad spirals of sin? Well, again, Psalm 119, verse 9, how can a young man cleanse his ways? This is how he can change his lifestyle by taking heed according to God's word. And with my whole heart, therefore, I've sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your feelings. No, commandments. For your word I have hidden in my heart and because your word is the epicenter, paraphrased. I don't sin against you. And I think that God is calling a generation that are going to stand and say, we're not going to live with depleted batteries. Well, we're going to be people that align to the Word of God. And, you know, even Jesus finishes, which I thought was interesting this week as I was preparing Matthew 28. He says, all authority has been given to me on heaven and earth, commissioning the disciples. And he says, lo, I am with you to the end of the ages. And I thought, no, he's not with them. He left earth to be with the Father. He left his Word. Come on, we need the Holy Spirit like nothing else, but we need the Word. We're going to come back to the wonder of the authority of God's Word because then we're in, not on, of, and we stand strong. We've redefined our identity. We've reassigned our strength. Thirdly, to be in, not of, we need to reframe our purpose. Here at Life, you're not going to be here long if you don't want to hear a message that you were designed for kingdom outcome. Now, there may be a time of restoration. There may be a time of healing. There may be a time where you just need to soak in worship in the presence of God. But God has us, again, designed for purpose. And, and I feel like God is calling. There's an echo. It's like, come on, will you, will you live out your God purpose? Even in early Christendom, they didn't understand what this meant to reframe your purpose. They thought, we're in the world but we're not of the world, therefore we'll move out of the world and have our little commune. I thought we might do that in the future. Come on, we'll buy a big plot of land somewhere. Some of you are going, oh, freak out. No, that's not what Jesus said. You live in the world. Come on, it's no good being some sort of sect or cult. No, 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 you're in the middle of it, but you find your strength to be in, not of. When you know who you are. You know where your strength comes from and now you're living out your purpose. John 17, again, as we read verse 18, Jesus said, as you, Father, sent me, 
into the world, I, I send them into the world. I, I do think that as a Christian, our life measuring stick should be this. What level of kingdom influences or influence is taking place through what I'm doing? Yeah, but look what I built. And everybody out in the marketplace doesn't understand the fact that we're commissioned, we're missioned. It's like, wow, you've done well. You know, God says, as long as it affects kingdom outcome. Oh, it gets a bit quiet. Because Jesus, you're the center of my life on Sunday. It's getting really quiet. But when I leave church, I'm free to live for me. And God says, yeah, but that's why you can't find that ongoing happiness. Why are so many Christians again and again living in this place of emptiness? See, we read verses as we did in 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is in Christ, they become a new creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. And often that's it. Hey, I, I'm saved. That's a great gift that God gives all of humanity. The moment we say yes. But you go on in the chapter in verse 20, it says, Now then, don't forget you're an ambassador. Where you work, you're, you're the ambassador. What do you do for a job? I'm, the, I'm an ambassador. Come on, the New Zealand ambassadors in other countries, what are they doing? They're representing the country they're from. Even their embassies are run different to the way that that country runs. Whereas I have this sense that we're in, but we've become of. It's kind of like, why are you doing what you're doing? It's kind of, I'm an ambassador. I'm, I'm here to let you know that there's a God that loves you. There's a God that makes a shift where Christ's ambassadors, as through God, was pleading through us. And He's employing you on Christ's behalf. Find God. Find the God that I know. You know, even today, I, I, it's kind of a straight message, but we have those down again. Do the people at work even know you belong to God? Have they ever sensed just, oh, I love you that much, I'd love you to get what I got? Yeah, religion would force them. And so we've almost gone the other way. And I don't know that we're living the ambassador kind of lifestyle. How good are we as kingdom representatives? It's kind of... I remember having on my heart for years to do live TV and it's like, you know, I feel like God wants us to do live TV, but I don't want to be another preaching head and we just put it together. We, we need to relate to where people really are and let them know that God doesn't condemn them. Religion does, but God doesn't. But it's going to cost a whole lot more money because we're going to have to have stories and creative intros and outros and it's going to take a lot more of your time to do what you need to do. And it's like, yeah, I realise that and I'm time poor, but... You know, I feel like we're going to do this right. We've got to be an ambassador. Are you hearing me? Well, last Sunday, I was told a story this week. One of our team bumped into one of the ladies on Sunday night. Well, she's staying at the Ronald McDonald house because her child's at Starship. No church background. And last Sunday morning, she turns the TV on. She might've been in the hall or whatever. And Life TV's on. Story goes something like this. I watch live TV and it's like, you're talking to me. I think she even said I could listen to that guy all day. I was gonna tell 
her to meet up with Marie and see if I can get her to say the same. It's like, <laughs> and it's, then she of her own accord, no church, finds out more about live TV on the internet and discovers where we are. Comes here last Sunday night, same day. At the end of the meeting, lifts her hand and says yes to Jesus. And the point I wanna make is not about me, it's about, come on, ambassadors. Clearly represent the kingdom they stand for. You can't be in and not on unless you're known as an ambassador. It's kind of like, if we don't deal with our identity, we want them to give us identity. Whereas we don't need that. We need to know how God sees us. And then we need to realise that our strength is from Him, even in our weakness. So devil, you can't keep pulling that trick. I am weak and I do fail, but my strength comes from the God that understands. And then I reframe my purpose. Seriously, this may not be a church for everyone. But as long as I've got air and got breath, I'm asking you, Why are you here on planet earth? If you collided with the God that makes you a new creation, then you've also collided with the God that desires you to become an ambassador. Unapologetically, I'm in, not of. Yeah, but you're different, yeah. You may see that. It's not that I'm better, but I've discovered a God that wants me to live a little different. Which brings me to the final thought, and I might need Sam, because it's getting quiet. How many know the anointing comes when the keyboardist comes? (laughs) See, to be in, not of, and to live that kind of life, we've got to realign our example. So it's one thing to be called to be an ambassador, then I've got to ask myself, what kind of example am I? I'm not preaching about perfection. By the way, who we are shapes what we do. And so I look at that and I go, over time, all the lines get blurred. And what used to be things we were careful about today, it's like, oh, well, everybody's doing it. It doesn't really matter, does it? And I go, but we don't realise that the kingdom of heaven has a fragrance. There's a world looking for something that smells right. And sometimes all of us can give way to things. And the intensity of that fragrance just gets watered down. We go to the shop to buy the fragrance and there's two options. There's Odu Toilet or Odu Perfume. And most of us select the toilet. That's the English version of the French word. Because it's cheaper. It goes further. But it never carries the intensity. Come on, God's looking at you and you say, you're my light. You're my soul. Oh, my God, the world is going chaos. Don't you realise the enemy doesn't have full authority? But where's the light? And the light is not to be overbearing. It's kind of like, it's just fragrance. And I think sometimes, I'm just being honest, we can get older in our Christian walk and become cynical, judgmental, 
Not lifting a finger to be an ambassador. Always talking about what's not good enough rather than seeing what God is. But 1 Peter 2.9 says, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. Did you realize you're his own special people that you may proclaim the promises or the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light? You who once were in darkness and not a people now are the people of God. And you who have not obtained mercy, but now you have it. Paul writes, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims. You're in, but you're not of. Would you stop, abstain from fleshly lusts that destroy your soul? Having your conduct honourable among the Gentiles. Would you really align your example? You know, I could go on for an hour or two. I think to become that example, God is wanting us to love unconditionally. Come on, what people do or don't do, what they say or don't say, how they live or don't live. They need somebody to love them. When the leper came to Jesus, and nobody touched lepers, Jesus touched him. A lot of people put on a brave front for a decimated heart. It's like, you need to know that I love you no matter who you are. But at the same time, I'm going to bring light and salt. So at times I'm going to bring light and you won't like it because darkness reacts to light. Come on, I'm going to bring salt. If you watch any TV, MKAR, Manu, where is the seasoning? Where is the sauce? Come on. We don't come in all lights blazing, but we bring enough light. Come on, enough salt. There's a lady in our church, her name was Granny Diamond. I would take no one to church in my day because when it came to worship, she was a siren that was louder than the fire brigade. I think sometimes Christendom, we've misread what it is to be in and not of. We think we've got to go, come on, full guns blazing. No. As the opportunity affords, we love people unconditionally. But we always bring light, knowing at times it'll bring reaction and salt that brings flavor. In fact, you shouldn't bring light without salt. Light helps somebody see. Salt makes somebody better. And that is what Jesus said we were called to do and see an example of who God is. And then finally, just be the example. Let me close with... Ephesians 5.8. You realize once you were in darkness, maybe you're in church today and you feel like you failed God. Whatever campus you feel like, I've stopped off on God. God understands once you're in darkness. But now I'm calling you to be light in the world. Would you walk as children of the light? You're an ambassador. Don't have any fellowship, verse 11, with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. So then when you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, you'll redeem the time. You understand the days are evil. 
Don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Hey, don't be drunk with wine, but filled with the Spirit. I just stopped there as I was preparing this week and I thought, you know, there's a lot of Christians get drunk these days. I personally don't have a problem with somebody having alcohol, but the Bible teaches to get drunk is to violate God's purpose for your life because you position yourself in a place where the enemy can use. Come on. Hey, you want to tell those jokes? That's cool. You guys go ahead and do that. I'm out. Hey, hey we can go and have a, a beer. That's cool. That's part of our culture. It's like, but we don't get drunk here. We're, I'm not into those kind of parties. You do whatever you want. There's enough light in there. Come on to say, what world are you from? And you need to know. You don't say, well, I'm an ambassador. <laughs> Come on. They just know there's something about you. You're the go-to person when they get honest. They need somebody to help and understand. Come on, we're not a granny diamond. You need Jesus! It's just like, hey, there's a God that changed my life. He's not looking for perfection. Because I understand I'm in. I'm not off. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifenz.org.